Oh, did you see that rumor? Just like I did, we saw it. The learners may not be selling the Washington Nationals. And guys, I am here to tell you why this is actually a good thing for right now. You're going to find out right after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Clary, and I, again, thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen as always. But now it is time to get in some business because, guys, the learners may not be selling the Washington Nationals. It is official after Talk Nats over on Twitter the blog site that you guys all know and love reported this on January 10th that the Washington Nationals have gone nowhere with the sale right now. And the big quote from the story from TalkNat source is that a source tells him that today, for all intents and purposes, there is nothing happening any- anymore on the sale of the team with Leonsis. I won't say it's over. It's just over for now, and here's why I think this is a good thing. So yesterday, Chelsea Janes and Barry Svaluga did discuss this in the Washington Post. They put out their own article, and they did confirm TalkNat's report from the beginning of this. And guys, this is not a bad thing. Because what's one thing when it comes to investing in anything, whether you be investing in school, whether you be investing in a car, reliability, confidence. Those are two things that when you invest in anything, whatever it may be, college, a car, whatever, name it. You need to have those two things set in stone, ready. You need to be sure about that thing, whether you're the buyer or whether you're the seller. If you're selling your home, if you're selling or you're renting a property more so, You have to have faith in that renter and whoever's occupying your residence that one, they're going to keep it clean. They're going to keep it tight. They're going to follow your rules, all your guidelines under your roof of the house. And in this case with the learners, it's been reported that they just aren't getting the money deal that they are offering. And I'm here to tell you, this is why I want them to decline whatever deals and whatever may be happening behind the scenes with the Washington Nationals. Because we all know that this Masson debacle, is, which I have called it as, it's a Masson debacle. This is holding us up from point A to getting to point B. It's obvious. It's clear that that's the main issue. Because other than that, I can't really describe what it could be. The Miami Marlins sold for $1.2 billion a few years ago. I can guarantee you the Washington Nationals are worth about a billion over that. I believe Forbes estimated them at $2 billion over the summer. So this team right now sitting at a $1.2 billion from supposedly Ted Leonsis and his group has not gotten it done. And that's fine. Because guys... 
even if it was or was not Ted Leonsis. I want the biggest net worth possible when it comes to buying the Washington Nationals. And some might say, well, net worths don't equivalent or are not equivalent to spending money on your team. And you're right. But then again, you also have to have the money to spend in the first place. You have to have the money in your wallet ready to hand it over when you sign Carlos Correa or whoever it may be. That needs to happen. Whatever that is, whoever is making this offer that the learners are like, no, we're not going to sell it to you. We believe that we are worth X amount of money. That's what we believe that we are. And that is fine. That is what you want. That is what we really should deserve. And some people are like, well, I'm not getting a dollar in this. We're not benefiting from it. We're being held hostage by owners who, let's be honest, they have less interest in anything else besides the Nats right now. They don't care about the Nats. It's evident. They have their minds on other things, their total enterprise, their real estate business. They have their fingers in about every single pot in the kitchen. So guys, this is all right that the fact that the learners are not going to sell right now. Because here's a pathway to what it could open up for the Washington Nationals that could eventually steamroll downhill into someone purchasing this team for good. Let's say Ted Leonsis wants to come in as a minority owner and buys 30%, whatever it may be, less than 50%. He comes in, he buys the team for 30% stake. So he's still a minority owner while the learners own 70% of the Washington Nationals. Ted Leonsis could also enter an agreement to eventually buy over the Washington Nationals. You've seen this happen back when Ted Leonsis himself bought the Washington Capitals in 1999 and eventually bought the full majority stake over the next few years. Same with the Washington Wizards. This happens. Stuff like this happens. This is a long road. We have a ways to go, if you haven't figured that out already, with the ownership situation. Three months ago, if you were to ask me, would we still be sitting in this position right now on December 13th, or December, or in 2023? December, why did I say December again? January of 2023, do you think that we would have been sitting here today and we would have been like, who's going to be our owner? I don't know. No. I would not have expected this. Whatever has been going on behind the scenes has been a train wreck. An absolute train wreck. That is evident. Because they were announced that they were going to be selling April of last year. It's almost nine months since that day. Almost. That's how far along we are. And that's how far behind the Washington Nationals are in making this move. So the moral of the story is, is that I want to have an owner that is all in on the Nationals. And specifically, the Washington Nationals. Who knows what a new owner would do? You do not want to have the learners roll over and have their belly rubbed by some billionaire. You don't want to have that to happen. One, you don't want the commitment to not be there. 
You don't want to sell for $1.2 billion if you believe that you're worth $2 billion. Because that's when it does mess up you and I. That's when it does go to a partner who may not be it. And if the price was what it should be at $2.2 billion, whatever that is, then we want that owner that can't afford that. We want that. Obviously, the businessmen, they're going to want a smaller deal. They're going to want it to go down. That's the price of business. That's what everything is. You want a good deal. We talk about bargain shopping all the time. Well, the billionaires do it. But also, when it comes to this, it's going to benefit us to have this process drawn out. Explore the different possibilities, the different assets that we could use. Because the fact is, the learners do have the money to continue owning the Washington Nationals. It's just the Washington Nationals themselves aren't producing enough money to make it affordable for a business. They're starting to spend money out of their own savings account, which some people would say, do it. I don't care, including myself. I frankly don't care. But also, when it comes to a business, if you're going to be spending more than you're making, what type of business are you running? It's not a good one. And I'm not saying the Nationals aren't making more than they're spending. They obviously are making more. But also, it's a business. And that's what it comes down to. And what's being made behind the scenes are business decisions that are frustrating for just your average Joe fan like you and I. And guys, this is not going to be some, I don't even know how to put this because it's really just tough. But the point is, I want this to be a long drawn out process. Because what's not, is I can tell you this, there's someone named Dan Snyder. And he bought the Washington Commanders because that was a rushed process. They sold it to some 33-year-old who didn't want anything to do with anything else besides making a buck. He didn't care about the team. Yes, he was a fan, but look at it now. They sold it to the highest bidder, and at that moment in time, this was that person that was going to give them the most dollar for what they were going to get. And look what he's done. We don't want to end up in that. We want this process drawn out. Yes, it's tough. Yes, we want to know who's going to be our next owner. But then also, I want it to be done correctly. And I think the learners hanging on right now to this team, maybe bringing in a minority investor to get some extra cash flow into the organization, another head to to make decisions, I think that would be a perfectly fine resolution to a bad problem right now with the Nationals as far as ownership goes. And Ted Leonsis is clearly the front runner to become a minority owner. And as I know, Talk Nats did report that as far as right now, Ted Leonsis seems to be out of the running for now, obviously. But then again, if there is anyone that would put a minority share into the Nationals right now, I would put all the money in the world on Ted Leonsis doing that. It's simple. He's a DC guy. He wants to be here. But now I'm going to tell you guys what I believe will happen with this ownership ownership search. Because it is a lot. It's a lot to take in. A lot of billions that we're talking about. And one, it can get annoying. But then two, it gets very annoying when it's a long, dragged out process. Just like you're seeing with the commanders. Just like you're seeing with name your team that has had 
a crappy ownership situation for years. Oh, the Baltimore Orioles. We've seen it. You know it. We know it. We don't want to end up in that situation. But now I'm going to tell you what I think will eventually happen as far as the Washington Nationals ownership heading into 2023. So you're going to have to stick around for that. But before, I'm going to tell you about my friends at Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all that fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then, man, I've got just the thing for you. you got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious you won't think they're good for you, but perfect. They are perfect for you. And guys, what makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bar. And if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. Guys, you can thank me later. And now I have to get in into what I truly think will be happening with the Washington Nationals minority ownership situation or majority ownership situation. But here's what I think will happen. I think the learners will sell a minority stake into the team. And who do I think will buy that minority stake? It was the guy I was just talking about, Ted Leonsis. I think Ted Leonsis will buy a small chunk of the team to get his foot in the door of owning the Washington Nationals to one, smoothen the process for when he eventually wants to buy the full Washington National stake. Because I think that is a point in time that will be upon our timeline. I think that is something that will happen over time. But then again, it's going to take time. This is going to be a long, drawn-out process. As I've been alluding to, as Talk Nats has been reporting, as Chelsea and Barry from The Post have been reporting, this is going to be a long, drawn-out process. But what I think will happen is I think Ted Leonsis is going to want to eventually get his foot in the door. He has made it clear and evident. Back when Scott Abraham from ABC7 News here in D.C. spoke with Ted Leonsis on the Washington Capitals red carpet, and he asked him if, he, if the reports were true, that do you have interest in buying the Washington Nationals? He said, I can't answer that. Why can't he answer that? Because he's in the process of discussing buying that said team. And some people are like, well, that doesn't really mean anything. Maybe. But then again, he would have just said no. So I think Ted Leonsis is very much so involved in this search for a new owner or a new investor of some sort. And that makes all the sense in the world to me. Why wouldn't he want to be a part of a Major League Baseball club? And just to have the minority share of it, by 20% of it, whatever it may be, it can also help to get that team on your network, the NBC Sports Washington that you bought, one of the big dominoes 
in order for us to create these rumors about Ted Leonsis buying the Nationals. We all know what that meant for Ted Leonsis when he bought NBC Sports Washington. Yes, he can do things with the other local teams in the market. But if he were to land the Washington Nationals on NBC Sports Washington and broadcast 162 games a year and have millions and millions and millions of viewers every single year added to that payroll, that's a big deal for him, business-wise and just anything, but in particular business. So when it comes down to that, I think Ted Leonsis will be buying a minority stake. When will he be buying that stake? I'm not sure. But I see Ted Leonsis getting involved, buying that 20, 30, 35% share that he may or may not buy and getting involved in this deal. And eventually, I think that turns into Ted Leonsis buying 100% of the Washington Nationals. The main investors would still be the learners. They would still be the owners, but they also need another decision maker in the building. That is obvious. I don't want to make fun of old people. This is not what it's about. This is not what I'm about to say, but it's the facts. The learners are getting old. They're getting old. They're starting to lose interest of the team. The fans are starting to lose interest of the learners. People have not been happy with them. People have left the organization. And it's not because of the learners themselves. But also, I'm a true believer to where it starts at the top. And the learners are at the top. They own this team. This is their business. This is their mom and pop shop, the Washington Nationals. And they're certainly working it like it is. Because they are penny pinching like you know what. And it sucks. It stinks as a fan. We know it. We see it. We see the product. The Nationals this offseason haven't spent nearly as what they usually do. We used to spend around $96 million in offseason on just splurging players, doing what the learners did. But now, we sit here today, and it's just not much. Like, right now, we sit here today, around a $99 million payroll heading into 2023. $99 million. You got Aaron Judge making about half that. And over half of that is alluded to Patrick Corbin and Steven Strasburg, who we know what they're doing. Not much. So, guys, this is what I think will happen to put a bow on this ownership discussion. I think the learners will be selling the team in full eventually down the line. But what's going to happen first? Ted Leonsis will buy a minority stake in this team moving forward. Whether that be in a month from now or six months. I think it happens at some point. And when that happens, it's going to be a big deal. Because I think that is going to lead to Ted Leonsis buying 100% of the team from the learners. And they're going to be out of the picture. Maybe Ted brings in another investor with him, which it has been rumored that he will be bringing in another huge big-time billionaire in D.C., David Rubenstein. So Ted Leonsis will eventually buy this team. Eventually. But it's going to start out with a minority stake. 
because that's what happens in a lot of sports leagues. That's what happens with a lot of owners. They buy a minority stake and they eventually get the funds and buy the rest of the team. That's what I think will happen here with the Washington Nationals. And quite frankly, I think this is a good thing. It's a good thing. You don't want to have this process rushed. It's not a good thing. Don't want that to have just some random come in and buy the team. And you could be stuck with a Dan Snyder hell for years. And as a Commanders fan, you and I, we know you don't want to be stuck in Dan Snyder hell. Because that is a new low for how bad an ownership could be. And I don't want to be there. Because we are not there with the learners. I can guarantee you that. So thanks for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. Locked On MLB Prospects host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia. And he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. And it is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And now I'm going to be getting into some more off-season news and notes. As guys, it has been a quiet off-season for the Washington Nationals. And, you know, I've kind of bounced back and forth on this. I've hit it against the wall. I've tossed the rock around. And I've been trying to kind of wrap my head around what this off-season truly is for the Nationals. And I have said, I think this is one of the bigger off-seasons in the Nationals' history. And I was saying that because of the ownership situation. And now, after reading this today from Talk Nats and the Washington Post, I'm not, I'm pulling the plug on that. This is not the biggest offseason of 20 of the Washington Nationals over the last few years. This is still an important offseason. The Nationals, they're going to need to be making some splashes, they're going to be making some sort of moves whether that be in the trade market, whether that be shipping off guys who are simply outperforming their deals. That could be an asset to another team that wants to win now. The Washington Nats, they still have a lot. But I think this offseason, in this season in particular, what I am have my eyes locked in on is player development. The Nationals have gone all in this offseason, not on free agency, as we can tell, as I've covered, but what they have done is they have gone in on analytics that will eventually help their player development because that's been an issue from this team. We truly haven't had a first-round pick that has panned out since Lucas Giolito. Lucas Giolito. That is a decade ago. And that is the issue that we have had most with the Nationals is player development. And what have the Nationals not done well? Analytics. It's been covered. It's been talked about. I'm not the first one to complain about. You and I, we've had this conversation before. We've discussed this. The analytics have always been a problem for the Nationals. But actually, this time around, they are investing in it. They are putting their foot forward and saying enough is enough. We have to catch up in the MLB. We look around. We see the party. Everyone else has got a girlfriend besides us. So what do we have to do? We have to go get that girlfriend. In order to get that girlfriend, we got to work on ourselves first. And the Washington Nationals, they're working on themselves. And they did that by this offseason 
by hiring the analytical people that will take that next step in developing prospects. Because we just like to talk about the Dodgers, the Rays, the Braves, the Mets, all these teams that seem to just have prospects grow on trees. It's not magic. We like to kid that it's magic. But that magic is the analytics. The numbers that you see going into actually grooming all of these prospects that could be something someday. And that's what it comes down to. Like the Atlanta Braves. 11th round draft pick, Von Grissom. Replacing the number one overall pick, Dansby Swanson over at shortstop with the Braves. An 11th round pick, guys. 11th round pick. He's going to be that starting shortstop for the Atlanta Braves. And guys, he's going to be an all-star. An all-star. You heard it here first. And with that, that is player development. Christian Harris, their center fielder, their young stud, third round pick. That is player development when it comes to the Braves. The Rays, I mean, every player on their roster, player development. The Dodgers, they pick last in the first round seamlessly almost every single year or the last few picks. They still develop their players. And they still are able to have guys that are lined up, ready to go. Player development is a thing. And it is almost as important, if not even more important. In fact, I will say that. It is more important to actually have a player development side of things and being right in that case rather than just spending money. And you may ask, what do you mean by that? All the good teams spend money. You're right. Well, Let's look at it. The Los Angeles Angels, I pick on them a lot. Let's talk about their player development. Mike Trout. Anyone else? Okay. Shohei Otani, they didn't develop him. They spend a lot, though. They like to spend their money. But they aren't developing players at the end of the day. And that's why they have never been able to get over that hump. The Washington Nationals from 2012 all the way through 2018. Why couldn't they get over that hump? They were spending. They had guys come up. But what wasn't getting them over that hump? Player development. Putting those guys around the stars. Having a shaky Michael A. Taylor in center field. Guys who weren't really big league caliber talents that should be on the field for a championship caliber team. Mike, that wasn't a shot at Michael A. Taylor. I love the guy. He's a great defensive center fielder and a solid hitter when it comes to it. But he's also not winning you championships. It just, it is what it is when it comes to that. But then player development is the cream of the crop still when it comes to Major League Baseball. So thanks for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. And this podcast is free and available wherever you get that said podcast. So thank you guys for tuning in as always. I really appreciate it. And also, let me just drop this in for you. We are... 
just about a month away from pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training. Let's go.